Floors Plus Nixa, Floors Plus Springfield, all of your flooring needs. Hardwood flooring, luxury vinyl planking, lush carpeting, or maybe carpeting that's not so lush. Maybe you got a, a, a rec room and you got kids and it needs to be very durable. Uh, you can go that route. Tiling, backsplashes, customized showering, Floors Plus, their installation folks are incredible. They're a great team of craftsmen and they're just really all around great. I mean, it's one of the reasons that uh, that I used them to to do my home uh, in terms of flooring, the plus part comes next. We space these things out, of course, uh, just one budgetary reasons, but also uh, you don't want to necessarily do it all at once. I don't know. Some people, I guess, probably it's probably wise if you can do it all at once <laughs> instead of constantly having projects going on. But that's just the way we do it. And of course, when it comes to the flooring, I recommend Floors Plus zero percent financing for twelve months. You can find them under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. We're going to chat with Tom Martz this morning. Our Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing, here at Scramblers on Republic Road and National. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. All right, let's take a look at that first alert forecast today. It is going to be cloudy with a high of 51. Rain tomorrow, 48, 52, and cloudy on Sunday, Monday, sunny, 45. Look, everyone, it's Tom Martz. Good morning. And good morning to you, sir. Hey, i got to give super kudos to Caleb Arthur yes. for his matching $3,000. Yeah, well, and, and starting the GoFundMe. And, and the uh, the KSGF listeners for absolutely there are th- making it happen. There are three uh, legs to this table, if you will. There's Ashley Reynolds, KY3, that um, did the story, let people know about it. Caleb Arthur who started a GoFundMe. Let me back up for people that don't know. Ashley Reynolds did a KY3 story. It's a VFW 676. Is that the... Yeah, up there on uh, West Kearney. Yeah, on West Kearney. Up on the north side. On the, on the, up there, you northerners. That's right. <laughs> and Rabble rousers. And uh, they get a notice from CU saying, hey, our meter it wasn't working quite right since, you know, 2020. And uh, we were underbilling you. You owe us about six grand. And this is an organization that works off donations, of course. And, and they, they do a lot of giving back for kids and, and other charitable organizations. So in a rock and a hard place. And Ashley Reynolds did a story on this. And then Caleb Arthur did a GoFundMe saying, hey, um, they need $6,000. i will match $3,000. let us let us do it. And so I became aware of that. And I knew with our listeners, I thought, we can do this. This is not going to be a problem. And it was before 8 o'clock. We had exceeded the 3,000. I don't know what it ended up at, to be honest with you. I'll have to go back and look. But, um, yeah. So so, so it was our listeners, Ashley Reynolds, Caleb Arthur, that all those three together just shows... You know who our community is when you get down to I it. I think he brought it to a halt when it was like three hundred dollars more, four hundred dollars okay. more than what he wanted. But got it. Yeah. In, in all sincerity, maybe that's what some of these organizations ought to do is create like a GoFundMe account or something like yeah. that. Well, and this had the benefit revenues. of our listeners. And the thing of it is, you, you obviously there are a lot of organizations out there, and you can't do all of them because you're not going to get that same response and. You know, how do you pick and choose? I I don't know. Sometimes it's just a gut thing. But this was one of part. Here's part of the reason that I I suppose, if you want to say, I decided. Okay, well let's let's just do this this morning. 
is the response. And you're talking about CU, which is this quasi-government entity. And so you have this organization. Of this <laughs> Tell them that. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's just here, this is a real problem for them right now. And then the response, you know, you get a form like, well, we're going to look into this. And, well, you know, we can't do it this way because of the rule and this. And, well, we'd have to change the way. And, of course, it is, this is government and bureaucracy and so forth. And at some point you're like, this is just ridiculous. Let's just raise the money for them. Let's just do it. We can have this done in 60 minutes, which is about the amount of time it took to do it. And because if if we just sit around and wait... It'll probably either never get resolved or it'll be two and a half years down the road when it's too late. And they're like, all right, well, we came up with a solution now. And so you, you just you think this is silly. It's ridiculous. And, and so uh, that's why I, it was a spur of the moment deal. I was like, let's just go on air. And ju- I know that our listeners will be like, let's take care of this. Let's just pay this tab. I can't figure out why it is that CU for all their... For as huge as they are, that they did, did, couldn't make the decision, look, this is for, let's just go ahead and write this off. We'll get the meter, you know, we'll get it calibrated, we'll get it back online, we'll just write this off, and we'll act as if nothing ever happened. Well, and I tell you another thing that just, once again, it really aggravates the living daylights out of me. There are, there's a barrage of stories about the Glow Center, which is a center with kids as young as five that they, you know, bring in. And it's all the you know, gender fluidity and all of this sort of thing. And, and it's on C Street. And I don't know the people who run it. They may be great people. But there are these COVID dollars and, you know, these COVID dollars that whenever the people were like, okay, borrow all this money to hand out in our name, people are thinking of businesses that are getting shut down. People are thinking about... Uh, people who lost their jobs and they're going to get evicted and instead there's just all of this money and they're just looking who who do we give it to and so the Green County uh, Commission began awarding some of these funds there were uh, evidently according to the news leader a hundred different organizations that applied Uh, five or six organizations ended up getting dollars so you you had 94 organizations that did not one of them was GLOW. Well, of course, they're victims. Now, there's not a single damn article about any of the other 94 organizations that also did not get it. But it's, and of course, it's discrimination. It's, and, and I'm like, it's all of this hand-wringing over this. But here you have a BFW that, and largely this was, it kind of actually involved COVID. They thought that the reason that the gas bill went down was because it was the same period of time that Greene County and the city were forcing them to shut down. That would make sense Well, it would to make me. total sense. So they thought, well, this is why the bill's going down. So you had that component. And $6,000, and they they can't, the city, the, to me, those are things that you could think about using COVID funds for. Not museums, not expansion of this project, not, you know, it, it's just so aggravating. And where's the news leader in... You know, of course, they focus because it's a left-wing organization that pushes an agenda. So they're the great victims. Meanwhile, I don't know that they've written a single story on the VFWCU situation. Okay, well, that being the case, then city utilities should have to come out and calibrate every single gas meter within their purview. Because who's to say that it's not calibrated the wrong way? 
who's to say that I'm yeah. not getting billed too much for the gas that I use in my house? Or any other business in this area. I don't know that anyone's ever gotten a letter saying, oopsie daisies, by the way. Oh, you know they but, wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I've got, they have. I've got clients don't. of mine that sometimes the water treatment equipment will malfunction, mm-hmm. and it will just it'll continue to run. Oh, it okay. gets locked in a regeneration mm-hmm. cycle. So the water just continues to pour down the drain. Well, oh. at the end of the month, they're getting a call from their, right. their utility. Sure. And one of them has been city utilities, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, you might want to check... We've got this outrageous bill, and for some reason, you've got a water leak somewhere. Well, generally, they'll write that off. No, because, okay, well, we found the problem. The problem was X. We've got X fixed. Mm -hmm. I've got a client who has a, uh, the thing that controls when the, your sprinklers go on and off. Okay. It was leaking, so it was causing the water to run all the time. But we thought it was the RO system that he had Mm -hmm. underneath the sink. And I'd go in there and play with it, and he's got one of those smart meters. So the smart meter works differently. You can tell when you're using water. Mm -hmm. So I'd go out there, and I would do something to the RO unit, and it would solve the problem temporarily. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the questions people kept, and I do want to know the answer to this, and there may be a legitimate answer. They're saying, how were they, what were they basing the charges off of? Because they were charging them. Just not enough. And so if the, I think in our minds we hear meters broken, we think, well, it's just stopped. It's not functioning at all. And so they shouldn't, it shouldn't read anything. Clearly, I guess it was, that's the question that it's legitimate. And there may be a reasonable answer. They may say, well, they broke in. It, it was misreading it. Uh, um, but I would, you know, be interested in knowing that. Tom Arts with us more in moments from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. Mr. Tom Arts. Hey, in 1917. Mm. Less than two weeks after their victorious recapture of the strategically placed city of Kub al-Amara on the Tigris River in Mesothelioma, British troops under the regional command of Sir Frederick Stanley Maud bear down on Baghdad. Yeah, I remember when that happened. I'm going to read this one slow so you understand it. Okay, that may not help. In 1948, the communist-controlled government of Czechoslovakia reported that Foreign Minister Jan Masaryk has died by suicide. The story of the non-communist Masaryk death was greeted with skepticism in the West. I wonder why. Yeah. Communist regime yeah, and a non-communist death. Uh-huh. Suicide. He was Epstein. Yes. This one's kind of weird, too. 1993, Dr. David Gunn is murdered by an anti-abortionist activist. How was what he? year? 93. Okay. He is shot and killed, shot and killed with the last name of Gunn. Oh. During an anti-abortion protest at the Pensacola Women's Medical Services Clinic, Dr. Gunn performed abortions at several clinics in Florida and Alabama and was getting out of his car in the clinic's parking lot when Michael Griffin shouted, stop killing, and then shot him in the back three times. Was that the guy? Remember there was a guy around that period of time that managed to evade law enforcement for weeks and weeks and weeks, and he lived in the forest or something. I I remember this manhunt 
going on forever, and I want to say it was somebody. I don't recall if it was him. Was that guy arrested there on the spot, or did it say? I'll, I'll look here in a minute. Okay. And I, and I just recall, it may have been later than that. It seemed like it was sometime in the 90s, but I, I just remember thinking, man, that guy is, you know, I mean, they had numerous divisions of law enforcement out sweeping these areas of the forest, and they were getting tips and and so forth, but they could never find this guy. I'm sure they eventually did, but um, I'm not sure if that was that guy or not. Not this guy, because it says that he uh, he shouted, don't kill any more babies. He shot the doctor three times in the back. He then surrendered to a nearby police officer. Okay, that would not have been the guy. I'll find the other guy during the next break. Mine explosion kills 1,060 in France. A devastating wow. mine disaster kills over 1,000 workers in Cordieres, France, on March 10th of 1906, an underground fire sparked a massive explosion that virtually destroyed a vast maze of mines. Mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, premieres now the on TV the WB. Show. Oh, okay, the yeah. TV show. I actually, just before we left for The Great Escape, the very first time watched any of that, and it was the first couple of episodes. Now, I was and I watched, I don't know how many times, the movie with Christy Swanson and Paul Rubens and uh, who else was in that? Um, a number of other people. It's been a while, but I used to love that movie. I think I might, maybe, maybe, when I was younger, I had a slight crush on Christy Swanson. That may have had something to do with it. She who controls the remote at my house. Yeah. Not only watches has watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but that she will go back and binge watch it. <laughs> and I'll walk in the house. What do? Oh, not again! Well, you, <laughs> you know, of course, it was a different era. But sometimes I am caught off guard when I watch something like that. How hokey and even bad the the fight scenes, the production are was. It it seemed as if it was not put together by professionals at all. And again, I know that. It was a different era, but even being the 90s, it just still seemed a little... Hokey? Yeah, yeah. But the editing and, and... I don't know. It just... It's amusing to watch. It's got a cult following. Lolly Willows or The Loving Huntsman, the first Book of the Month Club selection, is published by Viking Press in 1926. Okay. Disco sensation Andy Gibb dies at the age of 30. He was the brother of the Bee Gees. I think he overdosed, if I'm not mistaken. So 1988 was his death. He broke onto the scene in 1977. Local Hellraiser Jack Slade is hanged in one of the more troubling incidents of frontier vigilanteism. Slade stood out even among the many rabble-rousers who inhabited the frontier mining town of Virginia City, Montana. According to the story, Slade was a very amicable person when he wasn't drinking. However, when he was drunk, he decided to party a little bit too Mm -hmm. hardy. Mm -hmm. So he would go around shooting up the joint, although he never killed anybody. But they kind of... Uh, it was like Yosemite Sam. Yeah, like Yosemite Sam. He, You know, that, yeah. that type of Woo! thing. So they ended up... What they did to get rid of him is they ended up uh, catching a hold of this gang 
that was well known for its robbing and killing in the area. And they put the Slade in with these guys and hung them, making him trying to make the case that he was part of the gang. Interesting, huh? Yes, to say the least. Let's see, what else happened? In 1864, President Lincoln signed Ulysses S. Grant's commission to command the U.S. Army. In 2006, Cuba plays in the World Cup Classic Baseball. In 1970, a U.S. Army accuses Captain Ernst Medina and four other soldiers of committing crimes at Mylau. The charges range from premeditated murder to rape and the maiming of a suspect under interrogation during the Vietnam War. We firebombed Tokyo. Ooh, the first speech was transmitted by telephone. When Alexander Graham Bell said, Mr. Watson, come here. I want you over the phone. Mm. Of course, we would learn later that it wasn't Alexander Graham Bell who invented the telephone. It was some, but in a black individual who invented it. And I just can't remember said person's name. I'll well, see. You just and proved somebody's point. That's I don't right. know who's, but. And someone. last but not least, the Tibetans revolt against the Chinese occupation. So China's occupation of Tibet began nearly a decade before in October 1950. So the People's Liberation Army invaded the country. The the, uh, Chinese communists gained full control of mainland China. China can be overtaken. Just have to know how to do it. That's right. Quote of the day. You'll like this one because this one is by Tupac Shakur. Oh, former boyfriend of Madonna. That's right. You can spend minutes, hours, days, weeks, and even months overanalyzing a situation, mm-hmm. trying to put the pieces together, justifying what could have, would have happened. Or you can just leave the pieces on the floor and move on. Uh, yeah, that uh, seems kind of obvious, but at the same time, advice a lot of people could benefit. But from. what I find yeah. odd is just four down from that is this one. Closure is not something you get. It's something you give yourself. So if you leave the pieces laying on the floor and move on, then you don't have closure, depending on the way you think about it, or you do have closure because you moved on and said to heck with it. More with Tom Martz. We continue the Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing here from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. We're going to get a traffic update. Uh, I did find the name of the person I was thinking of earlier, Eric Rudolph. It was the Atlanta oh, yeah. bomber. Or Well, so he, okay, so he was the guy who planted the bomb at the Olympic Park in Atlanta, but then he targeted two abortion clinics and a lesbian bar before vanishing into the North Carolina wilderness. Um, it would take two years for him to be identified and placed on the list. Until then, they were at a loss. Uh, and that's, of course, when they set up Richard Jewell, another shining moment of brilliance by the FBI. Um, but I don't remember how long. Let's see. He was captured in 2003. Uh, he should have just hung out in a homeless encampment, and he'd have been okay. Well, the FBI spent five years and $24 million trying to find him. Good Lord. It was in the Appalachian wilderness. I knew it was a really, really long time. Traffic update now from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. Emily Johnson House Theory Realty for all of your house buying needs, all of your house 
selling needs. Any questions you may have, everything in between. Not only is she your realtor, but she's also a broker and, and owner of House Theory Realty. She does an incredible job. Um, I would recommend you follow her because she does a great job. Of, let me put it this way. Many of you have friends that are in real estate and their postings are here's a house here's a house here's a house here's a house which is absolutely fine emily johnson house theory realty she is so much more than that i'm not in the market to buy a home but i enjoy seeing the posts that she makes oftentimes it's just going from one season to the next hey if you're a homeowner here's some things you need to remember to do as we get into spring or as we get ready for winter Uh, or just little tips you may be thinking about selling your home and you have this idea in your head, well, before I even put it on the market, I've got to spend money to do this and that. You may not necessarily need to. So she's an incredible resource for you, even if she's not actively trying to help you buy or sell your home. I recommend you follow her on social media. That is Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. The first alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work. Cloudy 51 today, rain tomorrow, high of 48. Cloudy 52 on Sunday and Monday sunny with a high of 45. Tom Martins. Hey, we're going to talk legislation. Let's do it. Because backstory to this is sometimes I give you a hard time when you cover pieces of legislation. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'll say something about it, and I'll go, yeah, but do you know that yeah. this section is in there? So, well, And I will also I'll say this. When you and I discuss legislation, oftentimes it is more of a deep dive. Then and, and sometimes the opposite. It, you know, I'll talk about legislation. I think we're the license plate. Is that? Or I'm sorry, the taxes on vehicles. Is this yeah, what you're referencing? That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was the end of the show, and uh, and so I was like, oh, by the way, just so you because know, this is something that affects anyone who buys a car in Missouri. Here's legislation. I think I had 90 seconds, and then you had you know, t- did you know this? To which my response was, well, now you're just nitpicking, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this. Well, actually, do the, let's do the school choice one first. Okay, yes. Because in the school choice one, there's this little section right here which specifically states for the 2024-25 and the 25-26 school years, a provisionally accredited district with a school population of enrolled students between 4,500 and 5,500 and that is located in a county with more than 700,000 but fewer than 800,000 inhabitants may restrict the number of students who may transfer to the non-residence district under sections 167-1200 to 167-1230. Now, for people who don't understand the point Tom is about to make, is this is circumventing the Constitution. Yeah, it's they're, they're carving out certain areas that can do something that basically, if you're going to look at equal application of the law, then if you're going to look at the school districts as being governmental entities, which they are, then you have to have equal application yeah. under the law. Well, and I am correct, or correct me if I'm wrong, that in, in Missouri you are not allowed to pass laws that single out certain municipalities or correct well that's what the constitution says but right. they say that it you can't mention right so what they for the way yeah. we'll circumvent it is is we'll right create exactly. this scenario so like, instead of saying can't this does not apply to kansas city right they say well this doesn't apply to this and this and that oh well look that happens to be kansas city 
because like when they do this for Springfield, they'll say a city that has a population yeah. between 155,000 right. and or or should say a charter city that has a population mm. between 155,000 to 165,000. Yeah. Know, like, you know just don't insult us. Just say <laughs> this doesn't apply to any city that rhymes with Smingfield or you know just because we all know what you're doing. It's just so insulting. But, but, yeah, that's the way they get away with this. As for the one dealing with auto dealerships, this is the way the law will read if this passes. Beginning July 1st of 2010, any motor vehicle dealer licensed under Section 301560 engaged in the business of selling motor vehicles or trailers shall Which apply. means you have to to the Director of Revenue for authority to collect and remit the sales tax required under this section on all motor vehicles sold by the motor vehicle dealer. The way it's worded now is that it says may. So the auto dealers can apply. So they can currently. However, the state is saying, well, wait a minute, we're missing out on our tax revenue. And how did the state, how did the states end up doing this at the very beginning is is they gave a they gave a little carrot they dangled it out to the retail place and said hey if you collect the sales tax for us we'll give you a certain percentage of that back as reimbursement because you're now the collection agency for the government well for the longest time the uh, the motor vehicle dealers have not been doing that so now government steps in and says, look, we're getting tired of people driving around and not paying their tax on the vehicles that they purchase. I kid you not, yesterday, it, it, I talked about this the day before, perhaps, or yesterday, and I saw, I was on James River, and traffic was stopped at the overpass on South Campbell. That, something happened. And there was a gal in some sort of SUV, and her temporary plates were May of 2022. Oh, I don't. Yeah, almost a year. Because I've seen ones that are older. Yeah, and I've I know. seen ones from out of state that are much older. And I don't know what kind of paper they use to put that on, but it's pretty good because it still <laughs> looks. I mean, I'm like it still looks like you just you cannot tell that that has been there almost a year. Now, I in terms of now this doesn't make it right, but convenience when. I moved to Wisconsin. They, I don't know if this was compelled or voluntary. This is how they operated. And the first time I bought a vehicle there, um, I bought the vehicle, and then they had temporary plates on it. And so I said, well, where, where do I go now to apply for the tax? Where do I go pay the taxes? And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I need to go. And they said, no, 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 it's, it's built in. You just The plates are going to get sent to you in the mail. And I was, at that moment, going, that is a hell of a lot easier than it is back home. <laughs> so it is, for the individual, it is it, it can be much, much more convenient. Well, it, growing up in mm. Pennsylvania, everything was done at the motor vehicle dealership. Mm. When I lived out in California, everything was done the same way. So when I moved to Missouri yeah. and bought a vehicle... Well, you have to do this, this, and it's like, wait a minute, that's all right. done. They're like, know, no, no yeah. this is Missouri. <laughs> On the other side of it, however, I am an advocate for a citizen. What's the best way to put this? When it comes to 
a citizen being forced to pay the government for whatever it may be. The citizen doing it in a way that is the most uncomfortable possible. Because it draws the attention to the fact that you're doing it. So when an individual buys a vehicle, maybe it's their first one, and they're young and they just don't really have quite the understanding and appreciation for how much money the government takes, and then they're told, by the way, you have to go to the DMV and write a check for $3,200. Like, what? I think that that can be a valuable lesson. When it gets rolled in, it becomes much, much, much more irrelevant to the average taxpayer. So that that's the downside of making it easier. Because it sounds great. Well, it makes it so much easier to pay the taxes, and I, I won't even notice it. I don't know that that's necessarily the most positive result. That was one of the first <laughs> questions that my oldest son asked me when he went and bought his brand-new oh Dodge yeah. Challenger. It's like, uh, now... How much am I going to have to pay in taxes, and where do I have to go to do it? So, yeah, it, it is a wake-up call if people have to write that check instead of it just being rolled into the loan, which is what they'll end up doing. They'll take that amount that's taxed, they'll roll it into the loan so you don't even notice that it's there. Right. And then oh, the yeah. following year when you get hit with your property taxes... <laughs> yeah. That's nowhere near as detrimental as your initial sales tax. If I were to imagine the best of both worlds, I imagine you're at the dealership, you purchase your vehicle, you write a separate check for the taxes, but you can do it there at the dealership. That would be a good idea, yeah. too. And then you got your temporary plates and your your standard plates would be sent to you in the mail. That that's that I like that. That way you still feel it. You still have to. Uh, it, it, it can make it a burden, but it should be a burden. You should have to feel that. That way when it comes time, when, when the elected officials and municipalities come around, they're like, hey, we need a little extra money here. Uh, we, we, we want to raise your tax only a quarter of a cent on this or that. You go, you know, I just had to write a check for $3,800 to buy a car that somebody else already owned, and somebody else already paid taxes. So well, see, the funny thing is, is when we were reviewing this, and so, because the legislative committee is now meeting, that was one of the bills that we reviewed. So I started uh, going into some Internet searches looking up this tax. And according to a lot of the websites that I viewed, they proclaim that Missouri has a maximum of a $750 sales tax on motor vehicles, which I thought, okay, well, that's kind of odd. Then I should be able to find that in the revised statutes. Mm -hmm. I can't find it anywhere. So mm -hmm. these websites that I was looking at dealing with sales tax for Missouri are astronomically <laughs> misleading. Yeah, it sounds a bit. <laughs> We're broadcasting live the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. Here from Scramblers, the Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. We've got Tom Martz with us. Are you at happy hour tonight? I probably will All be. All right, excellent. Retro Metro, 4 to 6. Darren Chappell uh, uh, believes he will be there. Tom Martz, Sarah Myers will be there. I'll be there, and who knows who else shall show. And perhaps we can discuss House Bill 133 while we're there. Okay. You'll like this one. It is titled The Entertainment Industry Jobs Act. Uh, so it talks about the base investment 
that a that has been invested and expended by a Missouri taxpayer as a rehearsal expense or tour expense pursuant to this section. It goes on to define a concert as a ticketed live performance of music in the physical presence of at least 1,000 individuals, not 999, 1,000. Clearly. Who view the performance live. For the purposes of this subdivision, ticketed shall mean a concert where individual tickets are for attendees are offered for sale to the public, so it goes on to describe what concert tour equipment is, uh, the Department of Economic Development, the expense, the facility, but it goes on, and I think you'll like this part. It has these minimum standards, okay? (laughs) It has a minimum of 12,500 square feet of column-free unobstructed floor space in at least one rehearsal studio in the facility. What the hell is this about? (laughs) It has a minimum of $8 million invested in the facility in land or structure or a combination of land or structure. Well, we read this the other night, so we're thinking, okay, what facility down in Branson or down there somewhere because it's a Brad Hudson bill? Okay has has been built that he's trying to get this tax credit okay. towards. Right. So we were thinking Silver Dollar City Echo Hollow. Okay. But I don't think that seats a thousand. Oh, I bet it could. I, I know it's unobstructed. It yeah. I know it doesn't have any columns. I just don't know if it meets the eight million dollar uh yeah i uh, if it's jo- not a thousand it's close or johnny morris's new facility down there it, it's oh. it's going to one person i just don't know who the person okay. is yeah i don't the the what's the i forget the name of the venue the garth brooks concert was yeah uh. but th- this whole entire thing is designed what, what about uh over there in lampy I'm not too sure what's in Lampy. There's a amphitheater out there. There's a big outdoor. Oh, that, that could be. But but it's I think it's, it changed it's, hands it's designed in a manner that it is specific mm-hmm. to one site mm-hmm. or to one person. I just don't know who it is. So if Brad Hudson is your state rep, instead of him at this point in this juncture, I'm going to say this about this bill. Instead of him representing all 33,000 constituents of his. He's decided that this one individual is more important than the 32,999 other ones in the way that he's got this bill structured. Because this absolutely does not, there's no equal application of the law here. Uh, It's Black Oak Amphitheater. Oh, that'll definitely seat a thousand. Oh yeah, it's it's, I'm sure it's a big. It's outdoor. So, do you, are you familiar with the Black Oak Amphitheater? I've not been. No, there. I've been, to, I've been to the amphitheater up there by Lake of the Ozarks. Okay. Uh, who did I see was going to be up there? That I was really surprised. Uh, uh, Foo Fighters, I think, are going to be up there soon. Anyway, um, See, so Clay Walker, Lone Star, Neil McCoy, uh, you, you know, they've got some pretty big concerts. Travis Tritt, um, just to name it, Stone Temple Pilots are going to be at uh, Black Oak. What, does his district cover Lampy? 
He's down in the Branson area. I don't yeah. know where. I'll, I'll look. At. I'll look. I'll look it up during the break. Uh, we'll continue on here. With <laughs> this is the level of warranted suspicion, not necessarily directed at this lawmaker specifically, but but this is whenever He's not the only lawmaker. Uh, yeah, that does this. whenever something like this pops up, you learn over time whether it's something as simple as. Uh, naming a day after cystic fibrosis or whatever it may be, or some sort that it's usually there's a connection. It's somebody in the district that you hear they want to pass a law that affects everybody in the state, uh, which some would argue, hey, isn't that what they're supposed to do? It's, you know, one of their constituents. I mean, if you're going to do this, then do it as a for an entertainment yeah. venue right, for, yeah. type deal. Yeah. That way the galois, yeah, everybody, all, everybody, everybody, everybody gets everybody. to... But no, we're going to <clears throat> define it, and we're going to make it so specific. What's the what? What's what district is that? What number? Uh, I don't know. All right, well, we'll find out here as we continue on. Going to take a quick break. I'm Nick Reed. Tom Arts with us here at Scramblers Friday Road Show. Okay, we can't I'm going tell. To give... Black Oak Amphitheater it may be in there. If not, it's close. <laughs> So, so sometimes it's kind of it's uh, I, I don't know. It's a know. fun I, game I, to play. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fun that if you start reading these things, a I, you try to figure out what city it is that they're trying to carve into this niche, or what county it is. Of course, St. Louis is easy because they'll say a city not within a county. Yeah. So you always know that St. Louis. But when they start doing stuff like that, you have to sit there and you kind of okay, who or what or why or. Where where right. is he going with this? Because so. it's 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 so specific, right? So it's clearly targeting. I, I wonder if it's not Black Oak Amphitheater. See, here's one Senate Bill 131. I'm going to call this. This is my title to the bill. Let's get Mike Moon out of the Senate. Bill. <laughs> and the reason being is it modifies provisions relating to firearms tax relief. That's what the bill became. Mm. What it was originally titled was tax credits for firearms and ammunition. What it has become, however, is neighborhood assistance tax credits. Firearms excise tax income tax credit. Sales tax exemptions, which is for the purpose of the purchase of diapers and feminine hygiene products. And we have firearms excise sales sales tax taxes, and the reason I say this is this bill is the let's remove Mike Moon from the Senate, is because when this bill comes up for the floor for a vote, he will be the lone Republican well, well. who will vote no because diapers and feminine <coughs> hygiene products have zero right to do with the sales tax exemption of firearms and yeah. ammunition. So he will vote the mechanism by which it's constitutional, which is no. So so do you believe that that's why it was put in there? So that come primary time, they can run somebody that they say is conservative and that here Mike Moon voted against this firearms exemption? That's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to have groups like the Missouri Firearms Coalition who also ran the attack ad against Mike during the congressional campaign because of, I forget what piece of legislation it was. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember, but I don't remember. But this, the, the, this is the problem you get into when you start trying to niche things into a piece of legislation. I know full well that Mike will vote no on this. The reason I think that they put the diapers and the 
feminine hygiene products in this bill is to bring the Democrats over to vote yes on it. Because when the Democrats vote no because of the firearms, you can bet your bottom dollar the Republicans are going to be CMC. They don't want to give you credits for diapers and feminine hygiene products. Well, and then the pro-abortion people could hit at Mike Moons and see he wants, not only does he want all of these unwanted babies born, but he's not willing to offer economic relief for the diapers that the mothers will be forced to purchase (laughs) with people like Mike Moon. That's the way that game is played. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. Is it any wonder people tune out? I, I mean, really, you can't keep up with this stuff. Knowing... People oftentimes they'll listen and they hear these things and they go, how on earth are we supposed to know the truth? Uh, it, it's just almost insurmountable. Well, sadly, you, you do have these groups who they will take the most extreme firearms piece of legislation that they can find. They'll start promoting it on social media and other avenues going, see what's going to happen if you don't give me money so I can campaign on your behalf. I'll be there in the Senate. I'll be there in the House. I'll be your voice to make sure that this bill doesn't pass. That bill is not going to go anywhere anyway. But there is a large number of people who are not aware of well, sure. how the system right. works. Right. Yeah. So they get scared into getting digging into their pocket and funneling certain people money because they're the ones who made the, oh, my God, they're going to take my firearms away. They're going to pass red flag laws. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Vote for me. I will protect you. That's right. Tom Arts, always, maybe uh, Maybe. we'll see you at a happy hour tonight. Retro Metro, it is our happy hour from 4 to 6 this afternoon. It's casual. Just come hang out with us. We've got another hour ahead here from Scramblers, the Friday Road Show. I'm Nick Reed.